Side Hustle Show 273, High Touch Affiliate Marketing, How to Get Paid to Play Matchmaker. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because the rat race doesn't need any more rats. Affiliate marketing was my getaway vehicle from the rat race, and that's what I want to talk about today. Now, the traditional way we think of affiliate marketing is to pick some niche topic, write about it, rank that site in Google, and then collect commissions when people buy the products or services that you recommend on your site. It's a great side hustle, and it can turn into a great business, but it's not the only way to use the affiliate marketing model, the performance marketing model, to generate an income. I'm excited to introduce John Doherty from GetCredo.com, who's taken a totally different approach and built a pretty cool business playing matchmaker. Credo connects companies that need SEO and digital marketing services with trusted agencies that provide the work. John, in the middle, collects a commission for making those connections. In his case, he had a ton of experience in SEO, working for clients, working for big companies, and had also built a network of other consultants and agencies in the space. For him, this was a way to get out of doing the manual labor, the quote manual labor of consulting, but still get a piece of the deal. And I think it's a model of higher touch affiliate marketing that can be applied to any number of different industries or niches. Notes and links for this one, plus a free downloadable PDF highlight reel with all of John's top tips from this episode are at sidehustlenation.com slash credo, C-R-E-D-O. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with John after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I've been in the industry for about three or four years and was doing some digital marketing consulting, some SEO consulting myself on the side from my agency job at the time and basically decided that I was going to stop doing that and needed a place to send the leads, the potential clients I was getting. So I would send them to my friends. Basically, I built out a an Excel spreadsheet, a Google sheet of people that I knew that did good work and got their budgets and the services they offered and started sending clients there basically on a pure like commission basis. If they closed a client, I got paid. So I ended up leaving that agency and then went in-house and I worked for Zillow for a couple of years and eventually got laid off from my job working for one of their sub brands and basically decided to work for myself and decided to make this business into a thing. And so really what I've tried to do over the last couple of years is build out a vetted network of people that do really, really good work. I'm not going for a scale of a directory of some of the people that some people in the industry see as being my competitors. I'm really trying to make this a a high touch service to really help businesses connect with the right agencies for their needs, not just quote unquote, the best SEO agency or something like that, because I don't believe that actually exists. So yeah, I've been through, I've been doing it full time for about two and a half years now since September, 2015. Yeah, very cool. It started as a side hustle and grow it to a full-time thing. And interestingly, were you just like, I can't, I don't have the capacity to take on this work. So let me introduce you to somebody who can. Yeah, that was basically it. I had some freelance consulting clients and I had actually picked those up because I just needed to make a little bit of extra money on the side. You know, I was living in in Brooklyn in New York City and needed to make some more money. And then fast forward a year and a half, I'd been working for that agency and had gotten a couple of good raises and had a, a bunch of consulting clients and was in a management position and basically didn't have the time to do consulting anymore. And to be totally honest with you, I was 28 years old, single, living in Brooklyn, and I didn't want to be spending two weekends a month doing consulting, sitting in my apartment by myself, doing consulting work for an extra like $1,000 a month, $1,500 a month. It just wasn't worth my time anymore. Yeah. So yeah, so I started, I uh, basically made the decision that I wasn't going to do any more consulting. I actually set about getting rid of my, my consulting clients at the time and finding them good agencies or consultants to work with 
And it was perfect timing because three weeks after I stopped doing any consulting, I met my now wife. All right. Well, there's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got a full-time company out of it too. So yeah, a couple happy endings. Absolutely. What did those initial referral relationships look like? Was that awkward? Like if you're starting with your friends, you're like, hey, can you pay me to introduce you to this lead? Or it's like, dude, why don't you just send me an email or something? Yeah, totally. So it was the first lead that I ever sold. And I, I don't have this model anymore. But basically, I got in a project that someone contacted me and it was a local business in a specific town in Utah. And my buddy's agency was actually in that same town. And so I pinged him and was like, hey, man, I just got this business looking for an SEO consultant or SEO agency and I can't take them. Would you be willing to pay? I'm trying something new. Would you be willing to pay 50 bucks for the intro? He's like, yeah, what's your PayPal account? So literally three minutes later, I had 50 bucks in my personal PayPal account, sent him the intro, he closed the project. So that's kind of how it started. Business definitely thrives off of relationships, but also the lead generation business, there's a lot of money there and people are willing to pay for higher volume and, and better introductions as well. So it actually hasn't really been awkward at all. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So when I think marketplace, and I guess I wouldn't call Credo like a straight up marketplace because I'm thinking of like sites like Upwork, sites like Fiverr, Guru.com, right? Where you can hire freelance SEO consultants. That's a little bit of a different model where you can, I mean, on Fiverr, you can search SEO and who knows what kind of crazy link building stuff you're going to find there. Right. But on Upwork, right, you can post your job and get bids back. Does Credo work similarly or is it just like, hey, let's set up a call first to figure out what you actually need? Like, how does it work? So it actually used to be more like Upwork, and now it's the second one. So when I first started building this out, I had this idea of like, I called them open leads. So basically like a project would come in and I wanted to be able to set it live on a platform that then people that were paying me for access to those leads could then contact them and try to close them into business. And what I've realized over the years is that that works really well for kind of the gig economy, right? Like the gurus and the freelancers and that sort of thing where they're like, I need someone for cheap to do this specific thing, right? Write content and place it on, you know, whatever article directories or something like that, which is not the kind of SEO that I do or that people that I know that really like are good at SEO do. And so we've moved to this high touch model where basically a, a project comes in and they submit the, the form on the site and Every single one of those has to schedule a phone call with us, with me or my team. And we basically spend 20, 30 minutes with them and learn about their company and, and what they're looking for. And then we put together what we call project description, where it's just six to eight sentences, who they are, what they're looking for, how their business makes money, that sort of thing. And once they approve that, then we reach out to the agencies for them, get their permission to make the introduction. And then we make the connection between the two of them. And then we follow up on both sides and help the business make the right decision about who to work with. So we know a lot about these businesses as they come in and we do this vetting on the front end, basically to make sure that it's like a high quality project. And they also have their expectations set for questions they should ask consultants or agencies, you know, how much it's going to cost, all of those sorts of things. So we're, I mean, really, honestly, I think about Credo as like basically a sales development agency for marketing agencies. So it's meta as anything, but it works. <laughs> it sounds like it's going, it sounds like it's going pretty well. I'm curious. Because like typically when people email me out like, oh, I'm thinking about building a directory or a two-sided market, especially like I want to build like a small business directory, right? Yeah. And, you know, for, for companies in my hometown and I'm like, this sounds awful because there's no reason for the companies to join until there's a critical mass of customers. And there's no reason for customers to join until there's a critical mass of companies. And it's like this weird two-sided problem where you have to kind of build up both sides simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Like what's been your experience in trying to balance that? 
Yeah, it's definitely a really hard balancing act. And so I've, I've talked with a lot of people that have built marketplaces and such, and some of them will say, just concentrate on the demand side. So people that are looking to hire you know, an agency or something like that. But as you said, people, they don't necessarily trust the platform until you have enough of those people, but then you also don't want too many people for the leads that you have and not be able to deliver on what they're paying you for, right? Yeah. So it really comes down to what your business model is. If you're working on just a commission basis, then you can just sign up as many people as possible, give them a free profile you know, if you want to. I don't do that because I, I very much care about the quality of people on my platform. But if you're just trying to get all of the small businesses in your area, give them all free profiles and build up the technology to take a commission when you send them a new client or something like that. But yeah, it's definitely a, like a back and forth. So I always tell people, concentrate on the demand side, on the people looking to hire this sort of business, then acquire those businesses because you, I mean, and that sales process is super easy. You say, hey, if you get onto here, I'll send you X amount of dollars. Like you're literally selling the money. Yeah. Super easy to do. But then you have to go back and focus on the demand side while you're keeping the supply side, the businesses fulfilling the work happy. So it's definitely a, a balancing act and it's, it's very, very hard to get right. And the way I've done it is actually scaling back the number of people that I'm actively sending work to. And the ones that I'm actively sending work to, I charge them more and now take a commission on work that they close. Okay. Yeah. I imagine it's no longer this $50 thing if it's become a full-time operation for you, but are you charging the agencies a listing fee to be included? Or is it just like, hey, it's a straight up commission on work that they close? It's a good question. So I have two different kind of revenue streams on Credo. One is what I call our preferred agencies. So they're basically the agencies that we work directly with, and we directly introduce them to these people that are coming in and we're basically vetting out their project and figuring out who they are and what their budget is and what they need and is this going to be a successful project and all of those good things. And so they pay us a monthly retainer. So they pay us a certain amount every month and then they pay us, obviously we're working closely with them. I do a phone call with each one of them every single month, go over the projects that we've introduced them to. Did they close? If they closed at what level? And then like what commissions do they owe us? And then I run the commission charge right then because we have their credit card on file with Stripe. So that's like the real money-making side of the business. You mind sharing what's your percentage revenue share if you're allowed to share? Yeah, so we do 8% of what they're billing from Credo. Okay. The going market rate is 10. We could probably grow it a bit and I probably will over time as we offer them more things. I'm not just going to like raise prices and not give them anything, anything more. But because we have this, most companies that work on a commission basis don't also have like a base retainer basis. So I figured do the base retainer because that covers my costs, right? Because we're a bootstrap company and revenue is king. So that covers our costs. And then like the commission side is, is upside from there. Okay. Is there a typical fee like that the agencies are charging? Like I'm trying to get a, a picture of like what your client is worth. The average project that we have come through Credo is around $3,000 a month is what the agencies will, will charge them. Okay. And we basically average out that a client will stay with an agency for three months. So basically every project is worth, they have around nine, $10,000 and then we get a percentage of that. Okay. Yeah. So there's your 800 bucks, give or take. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. There are definitely ones that last for 12, 24 months. Right. And so we're getting hundred, $150 for that project from that agency every month for a year or two. And it grows every month because we're bringing in a lot more new business, fresh leads every single month. Okay. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. 
It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster, and 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors, and what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the agency side, you started kind of with your your personal network, people that you knew and trusted. I imagine you have agencies reaching out to you now and, and saying, hey, can I can I join this platform? Like, hey, this sounds like a cool way to get leads. What's the vetting process like for that? Do you have to, you know, run a test campaign and see if they actually deliver better search results? Like, how does it work? No. So the way I do it is, well, first of all, I don't very often bring on new agencies onto the preferred level. So I do have an annual plan. So basically an agency or a consultant can apply to join there. And then basically if they're on the annual plan, then if I have spots open on the preferred plan, then I let the people on the annual plan know. I just want to know that they're in it for the long term and committed to it and not just like, oh, I'll try it for a month. And if it doesn't work, then I'm out simply because high-value consulting projects take four to six to eight to 12 weeks to close, right? So they're not going to close a project in the first month, just straight up, and I tell them that. So I want people that are in it for the long haul that are thinking about this as basically being a partner with me, right? And what do you charge annually? It's on a per-month basis, and right now it's middle hundreds of dollars a month. Okay. Subject to change, of course, like any any startup. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Subject to change, of course. That's where it is right now. So basically, as I said, people have to apply to be on the platform. So basically, they fill out a form that they give me all sorts of information about themselves, who they are, what their minimum project size is, what kinds of services they offer, what kinds of businesses they work with. And then they also tell me two of their clients. So they tell me there, they give me the website description of the project that they've been doing with that client, and then also the client's contact email. And I require this because I only want people that are going to be transparent with me. If someone's like, oh, well, that's too like invasive or something like that, then I'm like, okay, then Credo is not a good fit for you. Okay. And I'm totally willing to walk away. 
and I, I have actually many times, but I go from there and I look at those, I take those websites and I plug them into the tools that SEOs use, SEMrush, Ahrefs, Moz. I have access to all of those tools. So I take a look at them. So that works really well for ongoing campaigns. They tell me they're building links. I can go look at their links. They tell me they're working on technical. I can go look at how squared away the site is technically. But there's like a one-off SEO audit, for example, I'll contact the client and ask them to be like, hey, can you tell me how it was working with this consultant or working with this agency, right? Like what value did you see? Would you recommend that others work with them? What are they good at? What are they not good at? So I really do get pretty deep on there. And then if they're coming on to the preferred level, then I, I talk with them on the phone and we go a bit deeper into their, like, into their sales cycle, what their ideal client is, budget-wise, industry, that sort of thing, basically so that I know, do I have the projects for them, right? Am I going to be able to deliver to them what they're paying for every single month? And I found that it's easier for agencies to close work when they have a specific kind of business that they do stuff for, right? Like we do SEO for e-commerce stores that do more than a million dollars a year in revenue. Okay. Okay. That way I can say, okay, I got one of these in, I'm going to send it to this agency, agency A and to agency B, and both of them have an equal shot at closing it. I can be pretty confident what at least one of them, or one of them is going to close it into a client. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. You kind of have the, the knowledge of where these agencies specializations lie and can kind of feed them work that's in their wheelhouse. Exactly. And we tell the client, so we actually, we introduce them by email to the, so, you know, client meet agency A, agency A is fantastic at SEO for e-commerce. You know, they've worked with this brand, this brand, and this brand. Okay. And so we can kind of give them that context around why we're connecting them up with them. And basically we're trying to take, I'm trying to take off the table. Are they actually good at what they do and letting the client looking to hire someone focus on do they feel comfortable with the person? Do they trust them? Can they communicate? Those sorts of things, those softer things that most people don't think about when it comes to working with an agency or a consultant. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a really interesting business model. I think I think it's ripe for pivoting to other verticals as long as the price point is high. So I was kind of surprised to see $3,000 a month seems pretty steep. But I guess if you're Zillow or if you're like overstock.com, you got a big budget for SEO because that's worth a lot more money to you. Exactly. So they're definitely big budget, decent sized budget clients, mostly yeah. $2,000 and up. Yeah. Tell me about the demand side. What's driving traffic to you today? What's driving sales to you today? Like, is it still people like, hey, I'm trying to find John to hire him for SEO work? Or is it Credo's become a brand of its own? Like people are finding this through SEO or how, how are people finding you? It's all of the above. I get a lot through search traffic. About 50%, 45, 50% of our traffic overall is search. The rest is referral and that's so we get a lot of a lot of referrals and email newsletters and stuff because we we create a lot of content. Okay, I create a lot of content. I don't get so many people coming trying to to hire me because when people are finding Credo, they're being referred to Credo, not being referred to John. Usually, yeah, I do get some people coming to me through my personal email wanting to work with me, and I basically just tell them I'm not taking on personal consulting clients, and so but I can help you find someone through Credo. And often they're not the kind of business that I work with anyways on consulting, so I can honestly tell them. I wouldn't even be the right consultant for you to work with anyways, but let me find you the right one. And people really respect that and like that. So yeah, a lot, a lot of coming from search, we get referrals from other agencies simply because we've become a trusted place for agencies to send the clients that contact them that they can't take for whatever reason, because we know who's good at which marketing channels for which types of businesses. And they don't have to tell the potential client like, oh yeah, go contact this agency, but I don't know if they have availability. I know who's good and I know who has availability. So a lot more people 
are sending us clients that way saying like, hey, go to Credo. They can help you out. They can help you find the right person. Okay. So we've really become, I purposefully set out to build a brand that is outside of just me. Yeah, that makes sense because it's the trap that so many freelancers fall into of like, oh, I'll keep selling my time for money. And ultimately, I run out of time or run out of hours in the week to to get it all done. And so here's an interesting workaround from that. And again, I think it can apply to a bunch of different industries since you probably already have the pulse on who the players are in your space and strike up instead of a competitive relationship with them. Here's a cooperative relationship with them. You mentioned on the customer side, you're having an initial phone call with them, just trying to get a gauge for like what their budget is, what they're looking to get done. Anything else that's vetting customers like pre-phone call is just like an application, online application first? Yeah. So they just fill out a form that it's six, six fields long, something like that. Name, email, website, monthly marketing budget, and like the main channel that they need. And I basically have like six that they can choose from. SEO or like an SEO site audit, content marketing, link building, Facebook ads, PPC, right? So AdWords. So basically the first line of vetting is, are they willing to schedule a phone call with us? If they're not willing to schedule a phone call with us, it's not going to be a successful project if they hire an agency, because if it's high value work and high budget work, you have to talk on the phone because stuff is nuanced. So that's the initial thing. So if they don't schedule a phone call with us. I've basically stopped chasing them. Yeah, they're clearly not that serious. Yeah, we'll do like a follow-up or two. And there are definitely some that, because you know we only have certain hours within which we do phone calls. I have one other person on my team and she's part-time right now. So we do have some that are like in Australia. And so then I'll email them. We'll say, well, there are none there, no times that worked for me. So we'll find a time that works. So that's like the initial one. And then there are definitely some we do ask them when they schedule a phone call to give us a little bit more information about what they're looking for. It's optional. And there are just some that I can tell, you know what, this business doesn't really have a budget. They don't know how to think about SEO. And it's not really like a high quality project. And so in that case, I will send them to another marketplace. I have a couple, I have one marketplace in particular that I'm kind of building out a partnership with. And so I'll send them ones like that that just need someone for solo consultant for 50 bucks an hour, right? And they'll send me the businesses that actually need an agency and don't need to hire a consultant through their automated platform. Okay. So I am kind of building out that ecosystem, I guess. Okay, okay. Have you found, this is probably the joke in the industry, you're trying to rank for SEO agency is like the hardest keyword in the world. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. Has it been tough to get search traffic for this type of place? Not really. So I, I kind of take a multi-pronged approach to it. I take the building out the informational types of queries. So if you search how to hire an SEO consultant, I think I rank number one. Okay. So those sorts of things. And yeah, it's a how-to keyword. It's a little bit more like informational, a little higher in the funnel, but it gets people in the door. Sure. And then I rank pretty well in the long tail. I, I'm not first page yet for SEO agencies or SEO consultants. Though honestly, those, yeah, they have a bit more volume, but if I'm going for these like higher value projects, Someone that's searching SEO consultants, for the most part, they don't really have a, like a decent sized budget. Yeah. So I don't go like super hard after those. Obviously, for branding purposes, I'd love to be on the first page for those. But I rank, I actually rank pretty well on the long tail. So like e-commerce SEO agencies, I'm on the first page, you know, those sorts of things. Okay. So those more specific keywords. So I built out uh, about middle, middle of 2017, I did a big SEO update where basically we expanded the number of pages that we have targeting specific terms like that, or B2B marketing companies, right? B2B marketing agencies, that sort of thing. We expanded the number of pages we had targeting terms like that from 200 to about 3000. And that very much increased our organic traffic. Let's put it that way. 
Have you ever had the instance of somebody trying to cut you out of the deal, like a, an agency or a customer just trying to be like, well, hey, I can take, if John's going to take 8%, tell you what, I'll, I'll shave 5% off the top if you just work with me directly. So I had one and I don't work with them anymore. It was basically <laughs> over $100. And I was like, hey, you know, they ended up making like 10 grand from that client. I was like, if you're going to screw up this relationship for $100, you know, over $100, yeah. I'm just not, not going to work with you, right? And we both just walked away. But this goes back to, I want to work with the best of the best. I highly vet out who I'm sending work to and I trust them. And we're also in contact frequently. And also one way I keep them honest, not, and you know, no others have tried to do this in the last two years. No one has tried to cut me out of a deal. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I'm talking to both the agencies every month, at least every month, talking about the projects we sent them. How are these projects going? Are you still working with them? And then if they tell me that they stopped working, the one possible thing is if they might tell us that they stopped working with a client, but they didn't actually stop working with the client. Once again, this hasn't happened, but it could. We also follow up with the client and say, hey, agency told us you all stopped working together. We just want to confirm and see if you want to leave them a review on their profile. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's actually how I found out about that one because the person told me like, oh yeah, we stopped working together. I emailed the client. They're like, what are you talking about? We just paid a thousand dollar invoice yesterday. <laughs> so busted. Yeah. Busted. Right. But this is a good point. This is a problem with marketplaces of people taking stuff off of the platform. And that, that's always been a problem with marketplaces, especially automated marketplaces. And I'll be honest, I've even found some developers on some different developer marketplaces and taken that relationship off the platform. And I still work with them and pay them off the platform because the marketplace wasn't offering me anything of value for that commission that they were taking. Yeah, I've gone both ways. Well, I've been burned by going off platform and, and then have others that have you know been just fine. So it's just, just curious to hear how you have that set up to kind of keep people honest, keep people on board there. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Did you ever consider any other pricing options or did you ever charge clients for like, hey, we're going to connect you with somebody or has it always come on the agency side? Oh man, have I tried other pricing options? I've tried every single pricing <laughs> option there is. So like I said, I started off just pure commission basis, right? Project comes into me. I introduce them to someone and if they close it, then I'd get paid. That's a problem because some agencies are really bad at closing work. And then also I was taking 100% of the risk on. I was putting in work and fewer than 50% of projects were closing. So I basically wasn't being compensated for 60% of my effort. So that's no good. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I also had one where I sent someone like that. It's like a $5,000 a month SEO project, which is a decent budget in the SEO world. That's almost like an enterprise level. That's like a few million dollar a year business SEO budget. Yeah. So I send this, send it to this agency and they're about to close it. And basically right as they're about to close this, that 
lead's main competitor came to the same agency and had a four times bigger budget. And so they're like, well, we have to sign their competitor. I was like, well, that's great for you, but that really sucks for me. So I had to cover the downside. So then in the interim, I went to just a pure retainer subscription model where basically like they, they just would pay a certain number per month and they could contact a certain number of leads per month. But that doesn't scale, right? In order to make more money, I wasn't getting any commissions. In order to make more money, I had to sign on more agencies, which meant it was basically just the hamster wheel, right? Yeah. And projects weren't closing well. And that was that whole issue with marketplace model works really well for lower budget projects, not so well for higher budget projects. And so just in the last like six months, I've moved to this retainer plus commission model, which is, is working really well. To the question of, did I ever charge the clients? The answer is I tried it at first and now I actually do some of that. So let me explain that. So at first, when I was first launching the business, I was wondering, would businesses be willing to pay to be matched up basically for our expertise? And the answer I found out then was no, but that was because these were like smaller, you know, smaller budget clients, thousand dollars a month, right? Yeah. And they weren't willing to pay a hundred dollars or something like that for our expertise. What I'm working on now, and I actually did one of those phone calls today, is if someone has a pretty well-defined project, then we talk to them through Credo and get them matched up. But if they need deeper consulting, they need like an hour of my time, and my time's not cheap. If they need an hour of my time, they're not gonna get that for free. And even to if they need an hour of my time, basically to determine like, are they ready to work with an agency or what team do they need to build out internally to be able to make good use of an agency or like they have multiple needs and so they need multiple agencies, like it gets pretty complicated and I need to go deeper into their business. So I actually do have like a premium offering that we're starting to push harder this year where basically it's $249, something like that. And once again, pricing subject to change where basically we go really, really deep and they come out the other side having a much clearer picture of this is maybe who you need to hire internally. This is the kind of agency that you should work with. And of course, if they're ready to work with an agency, we'll match them up. But I basically realized that we can't be doing super high value consulting for you know every business that comes in to help them figure out what kind of agency they should hire. Yeah, that makes sense. That reminds me, I think it was Kai Davis episode 59. I'm probably getting that number wrong. He talked about basically charging people for this road mapping session where it's like, look, before we even start to work together, there's some things you ought to know. And basically it was getting paid to write proposals. So it was an interesting way to vet clients for him up front and to say like, hey, these people are willing to pay. And by the way, they're serious about it because you know, if you're going to spend five grand a month on SEO, well, you know, what's another couple hundred just to get everything aligned before you go? Well, and that's the sales pitch, right? I mean, we can yeah. help any business make better choices around who to hire, but especially if they have a higher budget, it's like, you might waste tens of thousands of dollars and six months of time and all sorts of heartache by hiring the wrong agency for 250 bucks will help you out to have a better chance at not hiring the wrong agency, right? Because we yeah. have the experience and we've done it for over 1,200 businesses over the last couple of years. Wow, 1,200 businesses. That's awesome, man. Over 1,200, yeah. So you said 60% closing rate would be bad. What, what kind of closing rate do you see now in terms of clients getting signing deals? At one point, it was about 40% of deals that I was sending were closing. Okay, you're right. You're right. You were wasting your time 60% of the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 90% of the time. Yeah. And this is part of why I switched off of the open leads. Up to four agencies can contact and try to close them into a bit. Those were closing terribly. Those were closing at like 5 to 8%. It was bad. And so now we're back to somewhere between 15 and 20% of the projects we, so over the last couple of months, so it's not like, and that was Q4 and B2B is slower in Q4 and a lot of businesses don't sign contracts in Q4. So 
it was about 15 to 18% were closing. We're basically targeting 25%, have 25% of the projects we introduced closing by like middle of this year. Okay. So we're testing a lot of things to, to get them closing. You know, we have better processes in place for follow-ups and giving them advice for who to work with and reviewing proposals and, and all of that. And I've expanded my team and I'm going to continue expanding my team. So we'll have more time to do that sort of thing as well. Okay. Yeah. And you're, tar- and you're introducing, Hey, based on what you're telling me, these are the top one or two agencies you ought to consider. Yeah. So we actually make those direct introductions for them and we introduce them to no more than two agencies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Reduce that decision fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you mentioned you had somebody on your team. What's the time involvement for somebody wanting to, you know, have your matchmaking service go to work for them? On their side, basically what the client, the people that are coming and looking to hire someone, we call them clients. Basically the commitment is fill out the form, schedule a phone call, do a 30 minute phone call with us and approve your project description that we put together for them just by email. We're working on building that into the platform. And then we do all the outreach to agencies for them and get them connected up and introduced and all of that. So basically it's probably another 40 minutes or something like that of their time that it takes them in order to get the right introductions. And then if they want to do a follow-up phone call after those and discuss how the conversations went and questions that they need to ask and all of that, we're happy to do that. So it might be another half hour, basically for each lead with all the follow-ups and everything, I would say probably a total of two hours of like our involvement, like mine or my team's. Okay. And then that's the customer that's worth call it 800 bucks on average, 25% of the time. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I just trying to get a feel for the math here. Cause I, like you got my affiliate marketing head spinning a little bit on what other niches could I apply this to? So very cool stuff. There are a lot of them and I've had people tell me, Oh, why don't you go into design or, you know, development or something like that? And I mean, the answer is like, there's still a lot of opportunity in the SEO world, in the digital marketing world. And so I really want to nail that. It's kind of like, so I used to work for Zillow, right? And Zillow is just in the US and people have been asking them for years, like, why don't you go to Canada? Why don't you go to Mexico? Why don't you go to Australia? And they're like, there's so much opportunity in the US. We need to stay focused and we want to dominate this. And then you can, you always can go into those other markets as well in the future, right? I'm not ruling it out, but I want to concentrate on, I think there is something to the future of niche marketplaces like this totally plus there are other marketplaces that are doing design and development and that sort of thing and some that are much bigger than me have a lot more revenue than i do and i'm not trying to go toe-to-toe with them to be totally honest with you i'd rather fly a little bit under the radar and have a good business that people know and trust in the digital marketing world and even if someone like a big potential competitor came into the space which i actually do expect over the next eight to twelve months it's not going to kill my business because i've built a moat around that what does a competitor look like? Like seo.upwork.com or something like a higher <laughs> vetted process? Yeah, there are a few other businesses out there that it's not quite as like, they are vetted offerings, but they're not necessarily subject matter experts or something like that. Okay. So yeah, there are a few out there that I keep my eyes on. That's true. We saw Fiverr added Fiverr Pro recently. Yep. So they've kind of done some hand vetting of their people too. So it's an interesting play, especially gosh, on the on the development side. But it's still Fiverr, right? It's still Fiverr and they're still seen as being low quality. So I saw that as well. and was like, oh, that's interesting. And that's what actually made me realize, okay, I need to differentiate this service. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have some. Anything else on the horizon for, for 2018, goals or targets or other changes, projects in mind? I mean, of course, the answer is yes, right? I can't keep myself from launching new things. 2018, I've, I'm actually calling it my year of no hustle. So basically, I don't want to work harder. I don't want to work more hours. I don't want to burn myself out. I'm trying to learn 
how to grow a real company, how to grow a team, be a better manager, that sort of thing. So that's my focus with Credo this year for sure. And obviously, you know, I have revenue goals and I have lead volume goals and all of that. Right now we're generating around five hundred dollars to $600,000 worth of work, new work every single month. I'd like to get that to a million. I'd like to improve our conversion rates to 25% of projects we introduce close. I have some numbers like that, that if those increase, then our revenue increases like it should. Yeah. And then me personally, I mean, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and I have this company. I do a little bit of my own consulting, though I'm hoping to stop doing that at some point. I plan to stop doing that at some point, but I also launched an outdoor gear review. So like North Face jackets and skis and fly fishing equipment, that sort of thing. Launched that site about six months ago and I'm growing that as well. So that's my fun side, four or five hours a week side hustle. There's the side hustle, the affiliate marketing side hustle, the review yeah, site. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Nice. Well, very cool. John, thank you so much for joining me at getcredo.com. If you want to go check them out, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah. So my number one tip for Side Hustle Nation is to cast a wide net. And then once you see what's working, to focus down on that. I think a lot of side hustlers, a lot of freelancers and entrepreneurs are afraid to kind of go all in on one thing and you have to try a lot of things you know and fail first but once you identify that something is working then give yourself the gift of focus and double down on that and see what it can be absolutely i like that one cast a wide net then focus on what's working john thank you so much man we'll catch up with you soon my pleasure nick thanks for having me all right my top takeaways from this call with john number one your network is your net worth this business worked because it started with people John already knew and trusted and with customers that already trusted him. So if you're not actively building and cultivating your network, that's got to be a top priority. Takeaway number two is what I'll call the strategic no. Credo started with a no. Look, I'm not a good fit. Uh, I'm flattered, but I don't want your business. I'm sorry, I can't take you on as a client right now. And it could have ended there. But instead, John decided to make it uh, a positive no, a helpful no, by passing along an intro to his friend. It's actually a business model I thought about starting in the web development space um, a few years ago when I was doing all these uh, website reviews for people on Fiverr. And a lot of the time people would come back and say, hey, those were some great suggestions. Can you just can you just do that? Can you just make those changes to our site? And I didn't have, uh, in a lot of the cases, I didn't have the technical know-how to get that done. And I didn't have the supplier network or trusted developer I could refer people to. I actually tried a couple um, a couple contacts, but they didn't really work out or just wasn't a good fit. But think about the strategic no or the positive no as takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is to mind the demand side. Of course, you can't ignore the supply side, the agencies in John's case, but customers and clients are really the driving force. It's only natural he'd be driving leads through SEO, but your referrals might come from somewhere else. Like I was getting a steady stream through Fiverr, even though I never did anything with them, but mind the demand side. In that sense, it's the same story as the more traditional affiliate marketing models we've looked at. You can have the most monetization optimized site in the world, but you still need a way to drive traffic. What do you think? Let me know in the comments at sidehustlenation.com slash credo. Again, C-R-E-D-O. You can check John out at getcredo.com. Now, while you're there at sidehustlenation.com slash credo, be sure to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of John's top tips from today's episode. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear on the Side Hustle Show, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. That'll make sure you never miss an episode. And until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet a guy who actually has a pretty similar business model. He gets paid to play connector, but entirely offline and for a completely different set of customers. I'll see you then. Hustle on.
Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.